Jericho was tightly shut because uh, of the sons of Israel. No one went out, no one came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and valiant warriors. You shall march around the city, all the men of war, circling the city once. You should do so for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpet. It shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout, for the great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people will go up every man straight ahead. So Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward and march around the city, and let the armed men go on before the ark of the Lord. So, got the first problem with the conquest of the land. What's that? Jericho. And what's the problem? It's tightly shut. Yeah. It's got a tight wall, and you can't get in or out of it. Closed for business. Yeah. So... The Lord said to Joshua, I think the Lord, speaking through this <coughs> captain of the host of the Lord, says, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with his king and the valiant warriors. Now that's an interesting statement on God's part, don't you think? Yes. There's this tightly shut up walled city and, and he's saying, Hey look, that's yours now. Yes. You have the C part. <laughs> yes. See? I've given it. Do Doesn't seem like he's given it, does it? Why? Well, it's like there's nothing to show yeah. that he has given it. Yeah. Yeah. And he obviously hadn't given it. It's like it's still over there. We haven't gotten it. Yeah. So why would he say I've given it to you? It is done. Because of God's determination. So is this something that is dependent on what the Israelites do. Are the Israelites going to conquer Jericho? No. God's going to give it. Will the Israelites need to do something in order to receive the gift? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, this is a good place to show how grace can be conditional. Now, I don't really think what God tells the Israelites to do is something that caused those walls to fall down, but they were the condition upon which God caused the walls to fall, walls to fall down. So something that's by grace, does not, that doesn't rule out that there's a role we have to play in receiving it. I think it's a good passage to kind of see that idea. You might even think about how Hebrews 11 says, it's by faith the walls fell down. Here's a, here's a situation in which you've got God's grace, he gives them this. Their obedience, you know, they marched and all that. And their faith, all in a sense, were parts of what were necessary to get the walls to fall down of Jericho. Clearly, God's part is the part that matters the most, but we have to fulfill the conditions in order for God to do his part. Now, you know, this doesn't seem to have much to do with military skills and strategy. <laughs> because the things that they're told to do don't seem to have any relationship to anything military. What were they told to do? March around the city. How often? Once a day for six days. And? 
then seven times on the seventh day, then blow the horns and shout, and the walls will go falling down, and you'll be going straight in. How many horns were there? Seven. And how many priests were carrying those horns? Seven. And how many time? How many days were we supposed to march around the walls? Seven. And how many times on the seventh day? Seven. Uh, do you see a pattern? Seven. Seven. What does that tell you? Seven. <laughs> Not just that. Perfect. It's from God. Yes, I think this is an indication that this is connected with the Lord. He uses his favorite number over and over again here to show that this is a God-directed, God-ordained situation. This is not something they were doing on their own. I think the seven is a way of indicating that. Now, you know, one of the things that is always a challenge, we talked about this the other day in some other connection, uh, but it's actually in my notes here. Uh, one of the things is always a challenge is getting into a walled city. Mm-hmm. What were the typical techniques for getting into a walled city? Digging under the wall. All right, that's one thing. You could dig under the wall. You go over it. That's another thing. Using ramps and ladders, you go over the wall. Go through it with a battering ram. Yes, you can break a hole in the wall and go through it. You can besiege it until... They open the door. <laughs> because they are starving. starving. You can stop the water and, and from yeah. going through there. Yeah, that would be going under the wall. Yeah. You can go under, you can go over, you can go through, or you can starve them out until they open up. And what's the other way? God's way. No, the other natural way. We said, you can go over, you can go under, you can go through, <laughs> you can wait till they give in and open up, or they you can, can have strike a deal. You can have somebody inside betray them. Yeah. The you can use some trickery, and that's where we were looking at the Trojan horse. Yeah, say the gift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the other option is you do some sort of uh, trick, and you get in that way. You know, they gave them the, the, the horse, and once they took it inside, they didn't realize there were there were soldiers inside the Trojan horse who were able to get the door, wall, gate open, or whatever. So uh, that, that, that there's just not a lot of options. But this one is one that was never used in all of history, as far as we know. Probably neither before nor since. Marching around the city for a total of how many times? Thirteen, 13 times, and blowing the trumpets and shouting. And the walls fell down. Wow. If, if only these other nations had realized that strategy would work. That would have made it a lot easier. And clearly, that's just I'm just emphasizing the fact this was a one-time event because that's what God said that they were supposed to do. So this is like the most different kind of military instructions that you've ever imagined. This is totally against human logic. What does marching around a wall 13 times and blowing a horn got to do with a wall falling down? Nothing. Just the obedience. It's fulfilling the condition for God to bring the wall down. Thoughts and comments on that? So were they supposed to go in and get Rahab before the wall fell down? No. Okay. So her wall is still not falling down. That's correct. What about the other people who lived in her wall? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, those who were with her were spared. Mm -hmm. 
Wait, it says that, or we just assume? We're going to see a lot about Rahab in this. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, we're, just, uh, we're just starting this, but we're, we're, we're definitely going to give full attention to Rahab throughout the story. <laughs> okay. Yes. Other thoughts? It must have been very strange for the people in Jericho to look out and see this presumably armed group of people, of men, all these soldiers coming, and they're coming closer and closer, and they're going around the city, and they're going around the city, and then they go away. <laughs> and then that happens again and again and again. What would that make you feel if you were inside? Totally freaked out. Yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> well, you, well, think about how you would feel if you were on the outside. <laughs> you know, being the ones marching around. It's like, we're going to go take this city. And we're going to what? <laughs> yeah. And, and now we're going to get close enough to be and shot not only with that, arrows. You, you often hear of, or even, you know, it's portrayed in movies when you're going to attack, just yelling, you know, as a almost an adrenaline building, and they're, they're going to be silent. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the battle cry or whatever, there's none of that until the wall's already down. Looking back on it, would you have any suggestions for the people of Jericho? Yeah. <laughs> Open the door on day one. <laughs> what about attacking them when they're marching around? Yeah. Arrows at them, yeah. Arrows? Or, or just opening the door and, and coming at them, killing them. Yeah. You know, you wonder if this was really even a wise move from a security <laughs> standpoint. You're kind of a sitting target out there, and they're just single file. I guess I don't know, maybe not single file, but they're in this long line, at least marching around. So, yeah, it's like I think this might even leave them in a more vulnerable position. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe there's something I don't know about all that, but it kind of looks to me like it. How long have you taken it? Like, how many men of war are there? Six hundred thousand. How big is the city? The city only covered about eight and a half acres, making it easy to march around seven times on the last day. So eight and a half acres. Tiny city. That's ridiculously small, isn't it? For a city. What are the quantity of the? Is that six hundred thousand the total number of people? Is that the total number of men over the age of twenty? Yeah. Or is that fighting men? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it should have been the same yeah. at that point. Right. Because there wouldn't have been any old there men that couldn't fight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. These are men 20 to 60. That would take a long time. Yeah. How close are they to the wall? Because would they be like I don't know. things at them? Like Veggie Hills shows? Could be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> be like uh, who was Jephthah. No. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I've been like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I've been like the one the woman killed. Who <laughs> <laughs> isn't a judge, apparently? Yeah, it's interesting. Cameron brings up an interesting point. You know, it'd be easy for people to uh, take God's instructions and kind of add to it and be like, you know, we need to be this close to the wall. No, 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 we we don't need to be that close. You know, and just start bickering about some of the instruction and. You know, it's like sometimes we do that today. Maybe, you know, we start binding where God is not bound or not binding where God has bound and so on and so forth. Yeah, this is a matter of, you follow what he says. He says do it, you just do it the way he says it. You <coughs> take take his, for your, for his word and weird as it may look, 
and you're also revealing the total number of your troops. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So now Jericho knows the marching order and and the strength numbers of the entire Israelite army. They may or may not realize that it's the entire army, but even if it's not, it's a good number to mm-hmm. take a city. Yeah, totally unsound militarily speaking. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> Alright, well, 8 to 14. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the Ark, while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Mm-hmm. Then you shall shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city and going about it once. And they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took the ark of the Lord. And the seven priests, um, bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord, walked on, and they blew the trumpets continually. And the armed men were walking before them, and the rear guard was, walk- was walking after the ark of the Lord, while the trumps were- trumpets blew continually. And the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did for six days. Okay. So they do it. Just what Joshua said to do, they do. And they march around the city. I mean, you know, they just get up and do it, even if it appears totally inadequate for accomplishing their goal. God said to do it, they do it. Quiet in silence, as you suggested. Weird. Uh, I think they're blowing, right? Yes, but they are not saying anything. Right. I used to think it was like totally silent. Right. No, it's but they're they're quiet and the trumpet's blowing. I just think weird. You know, I think it's kind of unnerving for the people of Jericho. I don't know that for sure, but I think it would be for me. Especially with the reputation they've already got. You know, their their hearts are already melting within them. What is this? You know, what kind of what kind of zapping is this going to amount to? Or whatever. I don't know. Um, God gives us, in his word, indications of how to confront our Jerichos. And a lot of times those instructions don't seem logical to us. You know, I don't think that's a good way to do this. I don't think that'll ever work. You know, just, you try to do it that way, and it'll never, it'll never do, go well. Well, you know, with faith, we obey. I mean, I hear that, pe- like, like with people talking about, uh, you know, withdrawing ourselves from somebody who's unfaithful. That'll work. That won't work. It'll just drive them away. Don't do that. It's not a good idea. Well, I'll buy that. From a human logic standpoint, but we're not dealing with human logic. I don't think this was a very good way of getting a wall to fall down. Except for the fact that that's what God said to do, and he's a great way to get a wall to fall down. So we just do things the way he says, even if it doesn't make a lot of sense to us. I think that lesson is an important lesson. Um, and so, so they do all this just the way that God tells them to do it. Six days, they march around the city once every day. Think about this. 
after they marched around the sixth day, how much flatter was the wall than the when they started marching around it on the first day? None. You know, I think that would make it hard. If you could kind of see that wall starting to crumble. <laughs> you know, every time you march around it, there's more cracks in the wall. <laughs> that would really help. But you've marched around it six days, and that wall's just still there, just like it was. Reminds me of Naaman. Yeah. Yes. You assume he didn't uh, have his leprosy leave him gradually every time he dipped in the Jordan, right? Well, and we don't know... Do we know if... Um, the the people knew the battle plan that okay now this is what we're going to do we're going to march six days and then we're going to do the seventh day thing it's going to be different that's when it's going to all fall down or whether they were just like okay Joshua says we're going to march around the city again now, I don't know how much of that Joshua told them uh, I don't, so it's kind of like you know they don't know necessarily that we're going to do this so many days and then this is going to happen. So they're like, okay, we're just going to do this until the walls vibrate down from the, the pounding of our feet against the dirt. You know. It's going to take a while. Yeah. I assumed that the people knew, but that was just... I assume they did too, but I can't prove it. Yeah. We always want to see results. Yeah, that's exactly right. We don't want to wait to see them till the very end. I remember when I was a boy, a sermon. I can't remember who preached it, but I think I heard it more than once. It was one of these circuit riding preachers who went on meetings everywhere, I think. Success after seven. <laughs> Talked about things like this, as I recall, and Naaman and things like that. You know, after six, nothing. After seven, yes. You do everything, and then it's there. <coughs> Other thoughts or comments? I was thinking also in verse 12 it says Joshua rose early in the morning and it just uh, I heard somebody say this once but um, after thinking about it it seems like there's a lot of biblical characters they got up and rose early in the morning and they all did something important to obey God like Abraham rose up early in the morning to Isaac to go sacrifice him. Moses rose up early in the morning to go and talk to Pharaoh. You know, so just there's a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of that language that's very similar when when they're obeying God. They rose up early in the morning to do it. That's exactly the time mm -hmm. to do what God says. Yeah, don't put it off. Don't yeah. procrastinate. Just yeah. get up and do it. Yeah. Great loss. Anything else? All right, the seventh day. You know, we should have a uh, you know drum roll here. Uh, Fifteen to twenty-one. On the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of the day, and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. Only on that day they marched around the city seven times. At the seventh time, when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, "Shout, for the Lord has given you the city." The city shall be under the ban, it and all that is in it that belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot and all who are with her in the house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sit. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the ban, so that you do not covet them and take some of the things under the ban, and make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble on it. But all of the silver and the gold articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. 
They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted, and the priests blew the trumpets. And when the people heard the shout, the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city. Every man straight ahead, and they took the city. They utterly destroyed everything in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and donkey with the edge of the sword. Wow, seventh day, they do just what is said seven times around it, shouting, the Lord has given you the city. Now, what were the special instructions about the city? Don't plunder. Why not? It all belongs to God. Why? First thing God wants. Absolutely. This is the first conquest in the land. It's the first fruits. It's God. The city is to be basically consecrated to God. The living creatures are to be killed. The, um, you know, goods, the, the, the stuff is supposed to be dedicated uh, to the house of God. Other things are to be burned by fire. But this is God's portion. Uh, so uh, it's, it's very important that they do not convert any of the spoil of Jericho for, say, their own personal use. This was God's battle, it was his victory, and he says, all the stuff is mine, it's either destroyed or it comes to me. You don't take it. <clears throat> and so they go and they, they blew the trumpet, the priest blew the trumpet, and the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and they shouted, and what happened with that wall? Yeah, wow. That's just pretty incra- crazy. That that it it did just what they said, and they went in and they killed everybody, like they were supposed to, except for Rahab and her family, which we're going to see more about in the next section. Now, should Rahab have been an exception? Isn't she a Canaanite? Weren't they supposed to be exterminated? Talked about this a little last week, I think. Yeah, but they made a deal with her. They made a deal with her. Were they justified in doing that? She wasn't acting like a She was a convert to uh, the worship of the Lord, in my judgment, by her, what she says and does. And so God allowed people to convert and be blessed with the Israelites. She's the uh, Old Testament thief on the cross. (laughs) 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 What about the Rahab and the wall? (laughs) How is she saved? Well... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's, that's hmm. interesting thought. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good parallel. I, yeah, I, I never had anyone say that. I don't think so. That's a that's a first. You are creative. <laughs> well, I was thinking too. The reason they couldn't take anything, you know, because the fat also belonged to the Lord. It must have been a fat city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet it was. And it had to be small enough that they could make it around seven times in one day. Yeah, but the cities were small. Eight and a half acres? Eight yeah. and a half acres, that would be... Isn't that like a grandma and like That would be about an eighth of a mile on each side. Ten acres would be an eighth. So it would be... Uh, they're high. So it would be a half mile. 17, 15, like they wouldn't even walking a mile around the whole city. So the whole back ends was like 15 acres. Well, that'd be on the wall would be a half so be half, half a mile to get around the city to walk around the wall. That's a square. Yeah, but, is but, that the outside wall or is that the inside wall? I There's think it was walls. a circular wall. So if it's circular, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit smaller. It's like a running track is a quarter mile. 
around to about twice that. Yeah. yeah. But, no. the, but, but the thing of it is, you, you know, how big do you want a city if you're going to have to build a wall around it? So you put the houses all right together. And you, you get them as close together as you can, and then you build the walls. So you don't have to build any bigger wall than you need to. Yeah, you there are farmland was outside the city walls. Who knows what else was outside? You know, the well, farm like and barns and right. other uh, right. anything, probably other mills and things like that could have easily it's just been. Just when they came to sleep. Exactly. This was just their houses, all stuffed it's like together. Like a giant apartment city. That's the way they did their cities. So their cities were relatively small. And you put your yard and farm outside the city wall. <laughs> for a, a school project, I researched Jer the Jericho, the city. Good for you. And they they have two walls, actually. had two walls before they were destroyed. So they had the inner city, so maybe that's what the, the acreage was. And then the second wall, they had a little bit of lands and where they had the storage places, and they had more lands outside of there. Okay. And it was also on a hill, so it goes up every level, so that's why it says they go up through to Jericho. Okay. So I assume both walls went flat. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Any idea how many people were in the city? I don't know that. So it'd be a little bit longer around the outside wall than the inside wall that you had to measure that for. Logan. We're marching around w once every like day for a week then go over the sabbath did they obey the sabbath or did they i'm assuming this overrode the sabbath <laughs> you know there are some times when a direct law of god overrides the sabbath like to circumcise your children they'd circumcise them on the sabbath because mm -hmm. the circumcision kind of overrode it or like offering the sacrifices that's right, sure. Yeah, they offered all kinds of sacrifice on Sabbath day, so the priests worked, <laughs> you know, overtime on, the, on every Sabbath day. I mean, uh, there were Sabbath days in the feast, uh, feastly cycle, too, if I could use that term, feastly cycle. Mm -hmm. so you could pull your donkey out of a ditch, or you could capture a city. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but not work? Yeah. Other thoughts? 22 to 27. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the harlot's house and bring the woman and all she has out of there, as you have sworn to her. So the young men who were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brothers and all she had. They also brought out all her relatives and placed them outside the camp of Israel. They burned the city with fire and all that was in it, only the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron, they put in the treasury of the house of the Lord. However, Rahab the harlot and her father's household and all she had, Joshua spared. And she lived in the midst of Israel to this day. And she has lived in the midst of Israel to this day. For she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Then Jericho, Jericho then Joshua made them take an oath at that time, saying, Cursed before the Lord is the man who rises up and builds this city Jericho. With the loss of his firstborn, he shall lay its foundations, and with the loss of his youngest son, he shall set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. So, they go in and get Rahab and whoever else is with her, 
her family, they bring them outside, they burn the city with fire, the stuff of silver, gold, bronze, and iron they take into the treasury of the temple, the Lord's house, the tabernacle, um, and Rahab lives with them. And then Joshua has some specific orders. What's going to happen to somebody who seeks to rebuild the city of Jericho? It's going to cost him. What's it going to cost him? Two of his children. Yeah. His uh, firstborn when he lays the foundation and his youngest son when he puts the gates up. Why? Well, obviously this says it was a local custom to dedicate the gates and walls of a new city by burying children inside the foundations. (laughs) (laughs) Not totally absurd. But I think the point here is not that, if that's even what happened. Um, you know, God wants Jericho to sort of almost, the, the, the fallen Jericho to almost be a monument to his power and his ability to bring a, a city down. Um, yeah, it's a little unclear exactly what happened. Because do you know they did try to, they did rebuild the city of Jericho? In yeah. whose day? His day, which would be Ahab's. Ahab's day. In his day, Hiel the Bethlehemite, Beth, Bethlehemite built Jericho. He laid its foundations with the loss of Abraham, his firstborn, and set up its gates with the loss of his youngest son, Sagub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Joshua, the son of Nun. Yes. Exactly. First Kings 16.34. Which was a very appropriate thing to happen in the reign of Ahab, who was about the most wicked and disobedient king there was. If there was ever a time period where they were going to outrageously disobey the orders of God, it would have been in Ahab and his lovely bride Jezebel's uh, time. So, you know, we face obstacles, we face challenges. Do we have the obedience, the courage, and the trust to follow the orders to conquering whatever we need to conquer? Comments and thoughts on the fall of Jericho here. So did this, did he rebuild it? It looks to me like he did, yeah. But he lost two of his kids in the process. Should have listened to the word of the Lord. All the materials right there to build it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Although that was a few years later. It says in in his days, heal the Bethelite built Jericho. So I think he did, but he shouldn't have. Other comments or thoughts? Well. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. This is 7.1. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Therefore the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. And that starts this new section. It doesn't go the way it's supposed to because somebody took something. (laughs) 